1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, February 20th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Support all of our different platforms. Join the community at bigblueview.com. Check out our YouTube page. Check us out on Instagram at big underscore blue underscore view. Follow us on Facebook, pretty much wherever you uh, get your information, you can find a Big Blue View channel, a big, B- big Blue View outlet to help you do just that. couple of things for you today, Giants fans, want to talk a little bit about the uh, news on Sunday evening that Daniel Jones, Giants free agent to be quarterback, is changing agents. Also, a little bit later in the show... I will have for you an interview that I did with Princeton wide receiver Andre Yosivash, a young man who has been impressive at the uh, Senior Bowl, will be at the Combine in a week or so, and is expected to test very, very well there. Could be a wide receiver on the Giants' radar in the middle rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft, and will get a chance to... Uh, to hear an interview that I did recently with with Andre. So uh, stay tuned for that. But first let's talk a little bit about the news that we heard Sunday night that quarterback Daniel Jones is apparently in the process of changing agencies from CAA to Athletes First, changing his res- his representation as he tries to negotiate a new contract. With the New York Giants, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I can only take this to to say that these negotiations may be a little bit harder than the Giants had hoped that they would be. Maybe they're not going as well as Jones would have liked them to go to this point. I don't know exactly what the numbers are that are being tossed around. We've heard a lot of speculation. That Jones could land somewhere between 35 and $38 million in terms of average annual value, and that wouldn't surprise anyone. That would put Jones in the top 10, top 12 among quarterbacks when it's all said and done before the 2023 season starts and and that is not a terrible price range for Jones to be honest with you but I don't know I don't know exactly what he might be asking for might be looking for at this point but it is a very interesting development that Jones is switching agents I look at this as actually being fairly late in the game you're looking at a situation where free agency starts with the negotiating window on March 13, less than a month away. Free agency signing period starts on March 15. The tag window, when the Giants could use a franchise tag on Daniel Jones or on Saquon Barkley, that window opens this week. It opens on the 21st of February. That window closes on March 7. So it's a little bit late in the game for Jones, I think, to be changing his rep his representation, maybe late in the game, at least from the Giants perspective. To me, I had Mike Tannenbaum on the show late last week, former Jets GM, former executive vice president of the Miami Dolphins, and and Mike basically predicted at that time that the Giants would end up franchise tagging Jones. And to me, this news makes that possibility, makes that likelihood grow because what you're looking at here is a very short window of time between now and the opening of free agency, or an even shorter period of time, if you look at now in the close of the franchise tag window, a very short period of time for the Giants to work out a deal with new representation for Daniel Jones. So perhaps what happens here, and I'm just sort of spitballing, I'm just thinking out loud, but perhaps what happens here is that the Giants use the $32 million franchise tag. I think it's $32.416 million to be exact. The possibility, I think, exists that the Giants use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones, perhaps hoping that that gives them time to negotiate a long-term deal. Maybe not have Daniel Jones actually play through 2023 on the franchise tag, but by using the franchise tag that would keep Jones out of the free agent market. GM Joe Shane at at his season ending press conference said flat out that Daniel Jones would be the Giants quarterback next year. The one way that the Giants can absolutely guarantee that happening is by using the franchise tag guaranteeing that Jones will not hit the market and give the Giants and Jones new representation some time to work out a deal before Jones has to play on the franchise tag in the 2023 season. There is a deadline for when those negotiations, for when a deal would have to be reached or Jones would have to play on the franchise tag. I do not have that date in front of me. It is sometime in the summer, but Jones would have to play on the tag if he and the Giants don't reach a deal. But again, I think that this situation enhances the possibility that Mike Tannenbaum ends up being correct and that Daniel Jones does end up playing or does end up Getting the franchise tag for 2023. What it does to Saquon Barkley, I don't really know if there's a possibility that the Giants have to spend that 32.4 million on Daniel Jones in 2023. That complicates their ability to re-sign Saquon Barkley at $12 or $13 million a year because those two signings would then eat up the great majority of their salary cap, wouldn't really allow the Giants to play in the free agent market. So things are a little bit complicated as the Giants try to find a way to bring back both of their star offensive players. We will, of course, be keeping tabs on all of that at Big Blue View, and we will let you guys know what's going on as we hear it, as we find it out, as it's reported
0: and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, Giants fans. Let's get to an interview that I did with Princeton wide receiver Andre Yosivash. All right, Giants fans. I'm joined now by Princeton wide receiver Andre Yosivash as we uh, continue trying to profile uh, some of the the young men hoping to hear their names called in the 2023 uh, NFL draft. Andre, thank you for uh, for hopping on and uh, fingers crossed that I that I pronounced it right.
2: That was perfect. Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you for helping me practice before.
2: <laughs> Started recording. Of course. Of course, I have to make you look good.
1: There you go. There you go. I appreciate that. I'm not sure a whole lot helps that, but but we'll try. We'll do what we can. Hey, uh, I I have to ask you. Um, first of all, you know, we have to talk about, about the heptathlon and all that stuff, okay. but first of all, I have to ask you, you're you're running track you're playing football and you're taking an Ivy league level course load.
2: Mm-hmm. When did you sleep and how did you do that? You know, it's it's all about knowing what classes you can take it a bit easy on and knowing what classes you really need to harp on. And then, you know, doing school and uh, doing those sports year round kind of gave me like a nice structured schedule, like for the whole year. So it actually wasn't horrible. And, you know, I mean, the you know the football schedule is pretty rigorous, and so with track, you don't have as many meetings and stuff like that. So I almost had more time to do work during track season. What'd you major in? Uh, I was a politics major. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, oh at, fir- at, fir- at first, it was interesting, but then once I got into the space, it, you know, it was it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. You uh you gonna have your degree here uh, here in the in the spring? Uh, I was supposed to, but. Uh, since I'm missing two weeks of school for the senior bowl and the combine, it, it, the, it was going to be hard for me to get my degree this semester. So I'll finish it up in the future.
1: There you go. There you go. So, so I have to ask, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the heptathlon. You you did track and football in high school. Yes. Um, and I, what drew you to the heptathlon? What draws you to that event?
2: Uh, just my athleticism, like my natural athleticism, you know, my, I did like hurdles my freshman year of, of high school. And like, I dabbled in pole vault a bit and I did pretty well. But once I came up to Princeton, um, my, one of my childhood coaches actually suggested that he check me out to be a, to be a decathlete or heptathlete. And then I just like high jumped out of the building, long jumped really well and was athletic enough to do the pole vault. So is kind of a no-brainer at that point. And I believe the heptathlon is what seven events. Yeah, indoor the indoor indoors the heptathlon which is seven and outdoors the decathlon which is 10.
1: Okay. So uh when I when I was talking to uh to Jim Nagy the other day, you're a three-time Ivy League heptathlon champion, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, or wait, am I three-time? three-time? I think I'm I did my freshman year sophomore year. Oh yeah, yeah, three-time. This year would have been my team.
1: fourth. Yeah, but 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 you uh but you training you're, for the
2: combine. The you're training
1: for the combine. Sacrifices we have to make, huh?
2: That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I was blessed to be able to do both up until this point, so I'm really happy f- with where I am now.
1: Cool. Um, did I read also that the the 60 meter that you did, I think 6.71, is that the fastest yes. in the Ivy League?
2: Oh uh, well, that wasn't the fastest in the Ivy League. That was the fastest, like. So, out of everyone who's done a heptathlon in the NCAA, like, that 60 was the fastest out of all heptathletes ever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think in the Ivy League, I would have gotten first or second uh, with that time. But Cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. And uh, somebody – I read somebody tried to translate that to a 40-yard dash, and it came out as, like, 4.28. So. Yeah. So whether that's, you know, whether that's accurate or not, I guess I have to ask you,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, what are you shooting for in Indianapolis?
2: Well, I am shooting for a 4.2 something, but I think I should be able to run 4.3 pretty easily. Um, And it's just how fast can I be, you know, Mm -hmm. at at 6'4", 200 and something pounds, like how fast can I get?
1: What are you writing? You're six four and 6'3". Oh, they, they have me at six
2: two, and 7'8", at the senior bowl. So I guess I'm like closer to six three.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, There you go. So in two, two, what, two ten, two twelve, something like that. Yeah. 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 So um when I talked to Jim Nagy, senior bowl executive director the other day, he said he he said you would be a star of the combine just because of the, the heptathlon background and all of that. Do you, do you feel like, like this whole event sets up really well for you and that you kind of should knock it out of the park?
2: Yeah, I think, well, it's not because I did the heptathlon. Like, I did the heptathlon because I was athletic, and, you know, I think that my athleticism will be really on display at the combine. And so I think just me being an athlete will allow me to uh, succeed at the combine.
1: And did I read that you? Uh, I'm first of all, I'm curious. You know, before we talk too much more about the combine,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how did you end up at Princeton? I know you're 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 from Hawaii. How did you end up at Princeton? That seems like uh, yeah. that that seems like a there's got to be a story in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> a little bit. I mean, my dad when I was growing up, he was always really hard on me academically. You know, he's from Romania, uh, and he like got it out of the mud. You know what I mean? And he worked really hard to get where he was. And so, you know, I kind of took after that a bit, at least some um, academically and, I mean, athletically and with everything I do, honestly, that I care about. Um, but I only had two offers that I, uh, coming out of high school, I had Princeton and Dartmouth. Uh, I want, I always wanted to go to Stanford. Like that was my dream school because, you know, athletics and their, uh, their they're FBS and they had the smarts, but I didn't produce that much in high school. Um, so I went to some camps, like I did like a little Ivy League tour and Princeton and Dartmouth offered me pretty much on the spot and, you know, I couldn't really turn down Princeton. It's a great academic institution, the best undergrad in the country and, you know, if I didn't go to the NFL, which I always wanted to do, I'd have a a Princeton degree, so it was a no-brainer.
1: So your kid from Hawaii, you know, no big-time college offers and you wind up playing JV football at Princeton as a freshman. If I, if I read that correctly, am I right? Yeah. I mean,
2: it's just like you, the non-travel squad guys, like have a couple of JV games that they play. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. They just
1: but call it JV. They just call it JV. It's it, yeah. but it's, uh, but it's kind of a, kind of a long, interesting journey to, uh, to this point, isn't it?
2: Yeah. A little bit. We had my freshman year. There were two guys, uh, both our starting receivers are in the NFL. Now or at that time in 2018, Steve Carlson and Jesper Horst did. So, I mean, it was really good to learn under those guys, but yeah, freshman year I had zero, zero snaps of football. So it was definitely interesting.
1: And, you know, I, my website obviously covers the the New York giants and and the giants have a need at wide receiver, you know, coming up here. Um, Mm -hmm. A couple of the couple of guys that, uh, you know, that were on the roster this year are free agents and, 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 shoot people said initially and and I probably did as well that that they could probably use more help there anyway. Um I'm curious I'm sure you talked to everybody at the senior board. Yeah. You, you talk yeah, to we, we talked to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious if you sensed any any sort of added interest or extra interest, you know, from the Giants or from anyone else.
2: Well yeah, the people that I talked to there seemed very interested in me, but I would say like the process that we went through when we were at the senior bowl, all the teams kind of felt similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause we had, we, we just, you know, for how many hours straight, we just talked to each team one after the other. So I would say the energy wasn't like they weren't interested. I, I can't right. really say that.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, the giants like to, they they like to use the phrase smart, tough, and dependable. Mm -hmm. when they talk about players that they're interested in, and they might've mentioned, they might've even brought that up with you. I don't know, but I'm curious, obviously your background, you know, Ivy league tells us that you're, that you're a smart young man, but, but when I, when I say smart, tough, and dependable, what do you think it is about you that, that fits those characteristics?
2: Well, smart, I guess you, you hit it. I mean, I'm at an Ivy league institution, so that can speak for itself. Tough. I mean, I went through just the experience itself that I went through. I mean, having to do all the academic work. So you're basically just a student who plays football at Princeton. You know what I mean? You're not a, you know, you just play football on top of your school. And so that process has made me tough. Has allowed me to, you know, hone my mind and just excel at things uh, in in a really hard environment. And then you said smart, tough, and dependable. And I was a team captain this past year, and so people depended on me. This past year to you know looked up to me to be that guy to make big plays to be that guy to lean on and so i think me being a captain this past year speaks for itself
1: i would think not to mention the fact that that you know playing the two sports and
2: oh i was also a captain in track
1: right but you're also you're also you know being dependent on even though you may not be doing track or doing one year round you're dependent on to be ready to do those you know exactly when it's it's time so yeah so all of that is, all of that is interesting. Um, I'm curious when you look at your game, obviously, obviously you can run, obviously you're athletic. Um, other than, you know, other than the speed, other than, other than the the breakaway speed, what would you say are, are assets that you bring as a wide receiver?
2: I think I have great hands. I have great body control. And my yards after the catch are, I think are really good as well. If you, Watch some of the tape. You can see I make dudes miss. I can hit the ball in space and, and, and you know, get good yards. So I think my yards after catchability is also really explosive.
1: Anything that you look at and think, you know, that, that scouts have said or, or that you know you're like, okay, I, I have to get better at that, you know, as I go to the next level?
2: Yeah, I think it's just refining my routes and, you know, expanding my route tree a bit. Um, but those are things every receiver works on all the time. And so it's not like I'm ever going to stop working on that kind of stuff. So it's just you know being a better, more polished receiver. And, and
1: and how was this? How was the Senior Bowl for you? I mean, that was you know an opportunity to to line up and and match up with some of the best cornerbacks in the country. Yeah, uh, you know, and show scouts what you could do. You know, working against those guys. How was that experience for you?
2: It was really awesome. I mean, going against the best in the country, you can't ask for anything more as a competitor and as a football player. So I tried to put my best foot forward and, you know, I made good plays. I showed people that I could run and get in and out of breaks. And, you know, that was my first time doing one-on-ones in maybe four years. We don't really do them at Princeton much and I don't face much man. So it was good for me to practice as well and feel how my size and speed goes up against those, those other guys.
1: That's interesting. You said you, you really didn't face much man, you know, playing at Princeton. It was mostly mostly zone defenses that, that you yeah. saw.
2: Yeah, and I never practiced really against like one-on-one coverage because we don't do them uh, in practice.
1: Uh, as you were going through that, what do you notice about about the difference? I mean, just in maybe just getting off the line of scrimmage or getting yourself open – and what's yeah. the what's the big difference or the big adjustment for you in in seeing more man?
2: You can you, I just have to learn how to under, uh, understand my body a bit more. You know, like where my leverage is, how to use my strength, and you have to be a bit more focused with those kind of things. But I think at the end of the week, I got a lot more comfortable with it, and I was starting to understand it a lot more. So, I mean, as long as I can learn quickly, I'm I'm good.
1: Cool. Hey, uh, off the field, away from. Uh, Away from football, away from uh, from Ivy League course loads. I, I read in your uh, bio
2: that that you like to write music. No, that was yeah. that was just in high school. I'm a more more of a listening guy. Yeah. If there's something I like to do that's not from football, it's like there's this body surfing beach five minutes away from my house, like the best body surfing beach in all of Hawaii. And whenever I'm home, that's just I just go there, catch some barrels, and you know.
1: Just,
2: I, I should I should have known that that it would have something to do with water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I could be in the water for hours. All
1: right. Hey, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you uh, you have a good experience at the combine and uh, and everything goes well for you. And uh, you know, if I happen to see you there, I'll be in Indy for a couple of days. If I happen to see you, maybe I'll say hello. Yeah, definitely. So appreciate uh, appreciate a couple minutes of your time. Thank you, thank you for having me. All right, take care. All right, thank you. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening, Giants fans. Please, as I said at the top of the show, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, on our website at bigblueview.com. Make sure you follow not only my show, but the Chris and Nick show with Chris Flum and Nick Filato, who both do outstanding work for us at Big Blue View. And uh, they deserve a little bit of your time as well. So uh, so please check out their work if you haven't done so already. All right. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do.